We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Today's topic is children and innocence, and how our schools, as well as corporations like Disney, are compromising the very heart, mind, and soul of what it means to be a child in the first place. Maybe we all ought to go invest in millstones. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks for listening into the show. As I said in the introduction, I'd like to talk about children and their innocence today. I'm going to talk about Disney and how they're compromising the very idea, the very concept, the very soul of what it means to be a child, and how our schools have bought into the same lunacy. I'm going to refer back to a couple statements in the Gospels where Jesus himself says that you'd be better off with a millstone tied around your neck and tossed into the sea than to compromise the soul of one of these little children, to compromise their innocence, to steal their childhood from them. I'm also going to talk about another passage in the Gospels where Jesus becomes very indignant. He's angry with his disciples, and he tells them to not stop children from coming to him. Jesus cares about children. In fact, he tells us that if we don't have the heart and the soul, the innocence of a child, then we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And when we see our culture butchering children at the hands of Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, I mean, my land, the governor of Colorado just signed a bill making it legal to execute a child up to the very second before he or she is born, before they exit the birth canal. You can now butcher a child legally in the state of Colorado up until the very second, the last second before they exit the birth canal. You can kill them, and then you can go sell their hearts and their lungs and their eyes and their toes and their livers and their kidneys for profit so that scientists experts can do research on them. This is barbaric. Any culture that doesn't understand that this is wrong and evil is a culture that's lost and one that's on the verge of collapse. And any culture that will sacrifice its children, not only at the hands of Planned Parenthood, but sacrifice them in the very earliest years when they head off to school and they're five, six, seven, eight years of age and start indoctrinating and grooming those children into sexual identity politics, confusing the heck out of these kids, stealing their innocence and pumping their minds full of stuff that they don't understand and don't want to, don't want to even think about these heavy, heavy ideas, these burdensome ideas, ideas that do little more than confuse a child, ideas that have no place in the mind of these children, ideas that compromise their innocence, ideas that 
lead them to conclude that their imagination trumps reality. And if they pretend that there's something that contradicts the biological facts, the physiological reality around them, then that pretension can become the very definition of their personhood. Who in their right mind thinks that putting that kind of load, that burdensome, intellectual, cognitive, spiritual load on the back of a child is fair and just and right? This is nothing short of stealing the innocence of our children, of compromising the very purity of what it means to be a child. In their most formative years, we're intentionally causing these little ones to stumble. And Jesus himself says, woe unto those who do this. It would be be better for you if you had a millstone tied around your neck and you were cast into the sea and drowned than to do what you're doing to these kids. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, I'm obviously exercised over this issue. It makes me angry. And I've told you before, I think I have the right and the responsibility to go after the primary industry that is guilty of compromising the innocence of our children today. And that industry is mine. It's the academy. It's the ivory tower. It is education. From kindergarten on through college and university education, we have determined as a culture that we're going to indoctrinate our children into a worldview that compromises who they are as human beings, but steals, even worse, steals their innocence at the youngest age. I mean, you've heard me rant about this parental rights and education bill in Florida, and how in the world could anybody object to this? All the bill does is stop people from indoctrinating some child that's five, six, seven, and eight years of age, stops adults from indoctrinating those children in sexual politics, in this lunacy of subjective identity claims. This crazy land of if you believe it, then that's what you are. If you think you're a dragon, you're a dragon. If you think you're a dog, you're a dog. If you think you're a cat, you're a cat. If you're a boy and you think you're a girl, then you're a girl. This is not healthy. This is a direct, this is a direct violation of what Jesus himself told us. He warned us. He said, first of all, don't stop these children from coming to me. Why? Because children have an innocent, an innocence about them that leads them to believe. There's a purity in their life where they actually trust, they have faith, they believe. And any father that compromises that trust, that faith, that belief is a terrible father. Any mother that does that is not a good mother. And any teacher who would do that is a terrible human being. Is a terrible human being and has no business in the classroom. That teacher belongs in a jail, not in the school. And I won't stop saying it. Now, does that mean I'm criticizing every teacher and every teacher is bad? No, absolutely not. There are a lot of good teachers out there that are trying to stem the tide, trying to fend this off. But the industry, by and large, is corrupt. And the proof is you have teachers' unions in every state, here in Oklahoma, that's for sure, 
teachers' unions that are condemning anybody like you or me, an educator like me, somebody who made his entire career as an educator. Like I've said in a previous show, I'm a Pharisee of all Pharisees. I've got those degrees hanging on my wall. I have the right and the responsibility to engage in critical thinking and critical debate with others that have chosen the same profession. Why in the world would you just try to silence me if I'm suggesting that maybe the educational model that's being used right now is at least in part responsible for the breakdown of culture because you've been inculcating all these crappy ideas in our progeny for decades, and therefore they're actually starting to bear fruit. Those ideas are bearing fruit in our culture, and people are leaving our schools and behaving in the same manner that you taught them to when you had them under your charge in your classrooms. You can't wash your hands of this if you're a school administrator or if you've been involved in the academy. I can't wash my hands of this unless, unless I speak up and call a spade a spade. Then I can claim that I tried to do my job. I tried to blow the whistle. I tried to say that the emperor is naked. He has no clothes. But if I don't do that, if I'm involved in education and I remain silent, then I think the condemnation of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's quote falls on me. And it falls on you too. If you're a parent or you're a teacher or you're an administrator out there, if you're silent, remember what Bonhoeffer said. Not to speak is to speak and not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Close quote, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That's why, as an educator, I am obligated to ring this bell, to sound this alarm, to blow this whistle, to wave this flag. Use whatever metaphor and analogy you want to use, but I'm obligated to speak. I'm obligated to say what we're doing to our kids in our schools is wrong. And what we're doing to them in the culture at large is wrong. What Disney is doing to our children is evil. It's blatantly evil. It's putting something very heavy on children that they don't have the capacity to bear. Oh, you can debate with me if you want. I can take it. If you want to debate sexual politics with me, I'm a big boy. I can bear the burden. But don't do that to children. They don't have the strength to carry the load. I'd like to use that as a segue to talk to you about a story, a story that's real, a true story of a woman named Cory Ten Boom. Now, some of you know who Cory Ten Boom was. She died, I believe, in the 1980s. Cory Ten Boom was a young girl during World War II, and her father was a Christian. Her whole family was Christian. They were Dutch. And they decided that they would do what Christ called upon them to do. That Christ himself wanted them to reach out to those people that were suffering, primarily the Jews, and try to save them, try to help them, try to hide them from the Nazi regime. So Corrie ten Boom's father built a secret room in their house. It was called the hiding place. And they 
hid Jews from the Nazis in that room. Well, the bottom line, if you've heard the story before, they got caught. The Nazis finally caught them. Actually, somebody betrayed them. Turned them over to the Nazis, told them that the Ten Booms had this secret room. So the family was shipped off to concentration camps. Corey Ten Boom and her sister actually ended up together in one of the camps. Her sister died, her father died, Corey Ten Boom was ultimately released. And she wrote a book, The Hiding Place. That was her most popular book. Well, another book that she wrote was about her father. It was about Father Ten Boom. She titled it Father Ten Boom, God's Man. She told this story about her dad and how her dad protected her from the heavy weight of adult conversations, adult debate, and adult ideas, conversations about sin. So here's what she says in her book. She, and, and I want you to think about the innocence of children, the indoctrination of children, what Disney is doing right now, what our schools are doing right now, and the shame that parents and teachers and everybody else in our culture should have, should rightfully have, if we're remaining silent in the face of this, this atrocity, this stealing, this theft of the innocence of the youngest among us. This is what Corrie ten Boom says in her book about her father. So the line stuck in my head, she says, sex. I was pretty sure sex meant that whether you were a boy or a girl, And I also knew that sin made my friend, who was named Tante Johns, very angry. Sidebar here, apparently Cory ten Boom is telling a story about how there was a friend of the family named Tante Johns who was angry about the conversation of sexual sin. Well, Cory ten Boom was a young girl. She didn't understand it. She knew that sex meant whether you were a boy or a girl, and she understood that sin was doing stuff that was wrong, but she didn't understand yet at her young age, tying the two things together in terms of sexual sin. Okay, back to Corey Ten Boone's words as she talks about the anger, the angry response from Tante Jane's on the issue of sexual sin. So back again to what she says. She says, so the line stuck in my head, sex, I was pretty sure meant whether you were a boy or a girl, and sin Well, sin made Tante Johns very angry, but what the two together meant, I could not imagine. And so, seated next to my father in the train compartment, I suddenly ask, Father, what is sex sin? And he turned and he looked at me, as he always did when answering a question, but to my surprise, he said nothing. At least, at last, he stood up. He lifted his travel case from the rack over our heads and he set it on the floor. Will you carry it off the train, Corey? He said. And I stood up and I tugged at it. It was crammed with watches and spare parts that he had purchased that morning. Sidebar here, Mr. Ten Boom was a watchmaker. So they were on a business trip on this train where he had gone and purchased a lot of watches and spare parts. And his suitcase was loaded up with this stuff and it was heavy. Okay, so back to Corey Ten Boom's story. I'll repeat the last sentence here. I stood up and I tugged at it. It was crammed with watches and spare parts that father had purchased that morning. It's too heavy, I said. Yes, he said. 
and it would be a pretty poor father who would ask his little girl to carry such a load. It's the same way, Corey, with knowledge. Some knowledge is too heavy for children, and when you're older and stronger, you can bear it. But for now, you must trust me to carry it for you. That's what Corey Ten Boom wrote about her father. The triumphant true story of Corey Ten Boom and Father Ten Boom. You know, somebody posted on a Facebook thread where I've been ranting about what we're doing to our children and our schools and whatnot. How even in conservative places like my hometown here of Bartlesville, Oklahoma, or your hometowns in the heartland of America, this stuff is creeping into the curriculum. And don't let anybody tell you that it's not. Uh, Look at the curriculum for social-emotional learning in your local schools, for example, SEL. I've told you that here in Oklahoma, I went two or three tabs in, clicking to try to investigate the curriculum of SEL that is on the official Oklahoma Education website. And it didn't take me long at all to get to a, a page within that particular website that instructed your sons and daughters how to engage in their quote-unquote first time. And the curriculum for that sexual instruction, indoctrination I would call it, was written by a radical LGBTQIA activist. How do I know that? Because I looked at the bio of the author of the curriculum and she proudly boasts of it. And Oklahoma's Department of Education is featuring that as a tab in social-emotional learning. Another thing that you need to recognize is that they say that they're not teaching critical race theory any longer in Oklahoma because House Bill 1775 says that it's illegal to teach any of our students that one race is inferior or superior to another race. So they, they claim they're not teaching critical race theory, but they've just changed the name. They still talk about intersectionality. They still talk about systemic injustice. They still talk about class conflict. And social-emotional learning, by design and by definition, includes field trips and assignments where your students go out and get engaged in social, cultural debates and protests. I challenge any of you to find me one single example of any of those assignments which encourage students to engage in a protest, in a social movement, in advocating for a cause that's conservative. Show me one example where their their assignment includes going to, oh, a right to life march, or going to a pro-First Amendment rally, or going to a rally that says we shouldn't have to wear masks. We think that this is a compromise of our constitutional freedom or that we shouldn't have to get a vaccine. Show me any assignments where teachers have told students to go do that as their assignment, as their field trip, as their activity for social emotional learning. You're not going to find it. You get my point? But back to what Corey Ten Boom says about her father recognizing that there were some ideas that were just too heavy, too heavy. And, and the idea of sexual sin 
in Mr. Ten Boom's mind, was too heavy for his daughter to handle at such a young and tender and innocent age. He was not going to allow anyone, friend or foe or family member, to steal his daughter's innocence. Here's what somebody wrote on my Facebook page with regard to this story about Father Ten Boom. We are asking our children to carry loads that are way too heavy for them. They should not be forced, as children, to see and feel the world through the lens of adults. Innocence is worth protecting and worth fighting for. We need to do our part as parents and caregivers to carry certain things for them until they are old enough to bear the load. Amen. Amen. Exactly. That's the point of the debate right now with regard to school board elections, with regard to school curriculum, and with regard to parental rights and your responsibility as a parent to start going to these school boards and demanding that your child, that your children and their innocence be protected and not stolen. Some of the things I've posted this week that have gotten the most traction, both for good or for ill, have been posts that essentially make the point that I've been trying to make over the last 15 minutes of this show. One of the posts that I put out there that got several hundred hits was this meme. It says, witnessing some of Florida's teachers quitting their jobs because they can no longer talk about sex to five-year-olds tells me that the bill was needed a long time ago. Amen to that. I got several hundred hits on that. Why? Because it's common sense. It tells you that if the teachers disagree with that bill, they shouldn't have been teachers in the first place. They need to go to jail. They're predators and they're perverts. They're not pedagogues. They're not professors. They're not doing anything that's beneficial to your kid if they think that that bill is a bad bill. Again, ideas have consequences. And, and so do school board elections, and so does your involvement in the school system as a parent. You need to start going to the school board meetings in mass. You need to start demanding to see the curriculum. You need to start speaking up if the school is ignoring your moral, your moral instruction. There's a story locally. I need to confirm the facts. Apparently, the parent doesn't want to speak out because she's afraid She's afraid for herself and afraid for her own child, that they'll be targeted by the left. But I was just told today that in our own schools, right here in Northeast Oklahoma, a student actually completed an assignment, and in the paper, he mentioned that he believed that homosexual activity is a sin, as defined by Scripture. That student was suspended for four days for writing that paper. That's not acceptable. I don't care what age the kid is. Okay? Ideas have consequences. And, and, and by the way, when are the schools going to apologize for buying the lie of Black Lives Matter and fomenting class conflict and BLM's explicit goal of dismantling the nuclear family and queering Western patriarchy? That's what BLM says in its mission statement, its charter. I mean, when are we going to get an apology? When are they going to say that, you know, we were wrong. We didn't realize it was a neo-Marxist movement. It was anti-God, anti-family, anti-capitalism, anti-America. We didn't realize that. We're sorry. We shouldn't have led you astray. 
Here's another post that I put out in social media that got over 700 hits. 700 plus. It's a quote by Thomas Sowell, one of the brightest black scholars alive today. Ours may become the first civilization destroyed not by the power of our enemies, but by the ignorance of our teachers and the dangerous nonsense they are teaching our children. In an age of artificial intelligence, they are creating artificial stupidity. Now, I got several hundred hits, but I've got some angry folks. How dare you say that? Here's another post that I put out on social media that received uh, several hundred hits, over 400. It's a, it's a tweet from Allie Beth Stuckey. She says this, Normal adults don't tell kids to keep secrets from their parents. Normal adults have no inclination to talk to five to nine-year-olds who are not their children about sex and gender switching. Perverts and predators do. Amen. Allie Beth Stuckey is spot on. And we need to support people who have the courage to step forward, young moms like Allie Beth Stuckey is, who have the courage to step forward and call a spade a spade. And here's another story that I posted on Facebook on social media. It comes from Fox News. And its headline is this, 10 families who are swearing off Disney due to its left-leaning politics. Here's a quote from one of the mothers within this story. You can't promote both innocence and sex at the same time. This was a clear signal to families about where they are heading as a company. My job is to protect, guide, and love. Participating in anything Disney forces me to abandon all three. Close quote. Angry mom who is swearing off Disney because her job is to protect the innocence of her children. And she rightly says you can't promote both innocence and sex at the same time. That's true, that's common sense, and we need to support these angry moms who are rising up and saying so. Not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Jesus tells us that we should not stop the little ones from coming to him. And he also says, Woe unto those who lead any of these little ones astray. It would be better for you if you had a millstone tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea and drowned than to cause any of these children to lose their innocence and their trust and their faith and their hope and their belief in Christ. Shame on us. Shame on any culture. We're sacrificing our children at the altar of Baal. We're butchering them at Planned Parenthood. And then we're handing them over to the high priests of wokeism. And we're pretending it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters deeply. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Maybe we all ought to go out and invest in millstones. I think there's going to be a run on the market. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.